Hi guys and welcome to this week's episode of the Nursing Handover podcast. You have me, Jerry, Diane and Clarissa back to give you guys more pizzazz. <laughs> ladies, <laughs> ladies, ladies, how are you doing? I'm good. I can't complain. You know how it is. Another week, another hustle, another mm-hmm. day, another day. Yeah. Good, good, good. Clarissa? All good. I'm just enjoying today. I think today's such a nice day. It's Honestly, nice. it's beautiful. It's a bit cold, don't get me yeah. wrong, but I like it nice and crispy. So yeah, I'm just, I'm chilling. And the sun's actually out for once. It's not raining, which yeah. is great. Clear sky. Clear sky too. Very true. Like, it's just lovely. Proper. It's a proper winter's day. Mm-hmm. It's getting light, lighter though, have you noticed? Like five, yep. six now light, which is always good news. Do you know what that means? It means summer is coming. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for spring summer, you know. I am. I'm really excited. I can't I'm I can't lie. Once the once the clocks go forward, it's yeah. on. Yeah. Twenty seven Mm-hmm. I even checked the calendar. I was like, yep, yeah, we're gonna be back. I just can't I don't I can't wait to go without a jacket. I want it to be hot. I'm going to wear my nice shorts and my little maxi dresses and just, you know, sway, sway, sway around the road. <laughs> Honestly, maxi dress season is coming. It'll be all upon us very, very soon. But no, I'm happy to hear, ladies. Good, good, good. Um, Diane, I think you have a big announcement that you have posted. Oh, my God, what, the re Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. yes. So, as you guys probably know, Diane is never not busy. I'm always busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, recently, um, my my really good sister Paige and myself, we launched the Reup just this week, and it's basically um, a an organisation that we've set up to champion and empower women to take charge of their reproductive health, mm-hmm. um, based off our own experiences that we've had, and talking to other women and their shared experiences about the challenges that they face with healthcare mm-hmm. and their reproductive health. So check us out at the Reup platform. Obviously we've just launched on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter. And yeah, so it's really exciting actually. And we've had so much traffic, people like excited about the project and really looking forward to see what's going to come. But I'm really excited because obviously, you know, it's another venture and it's another <laughs> time for you guys to see me. To of course. That yeah. I like to do. I um, think it's going to be amazing. Like, it's going to be amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> while as well. So it's so nice to actually see it come to fruition, you know? Yeah. Yes. Honestly, like, we've been in, the, we've, talk, we've talked about it for a very long time. But, you know, and you find this, like, we have to start now. It's the time to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, yeah, so watch this space. We've got a lot of stuff in store for this year and beyond. And you never know, guys. You might see me on a TED talk with the re-up. Can't wait, and hopefully, we with the Nessie Handler gets and a proper exclusive from the re-up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. I'm gonna be bouncing from like organizations. Imagine <laughs> how you. I, I can't lie, guys. Remember, Diana, always said I was the busy one. I don't know how she's balancing all these different things. For real, guys. All I keep on seeing is financial freedom. Yeah, that's it, and, and I feel like. If I can, if I, if my purpose, if I can live out my purpose, which is to help people in many, very many different ways, mm-hmm. then I'm, I feel like that's what I want. Yeah. Um, yeah. So though I'm saying financial freedom, the whole goal is always to help someone, even if it's one person. 
and yeah. I want to do in everything that I do do. So yeah, yeah. So I just hope we reach the right people and people are receptive and tell us, tell us, tell, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, and it's just the beginning. So yeah, I think it goes quite nicely into this week's topic, mm-hmm. which is ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. So, ladies, so, I'm gonna let you guys run with it because I'm not I'm not great on this topic. So, please lead the way. Diane, would you like to go first, or do you want me to start off? I don't mind. So, I was just gonna talk briefly, just about you know some brief bullet points about ovarian cancer. Yeah. Um. So, anyone who does an ovarian cancer obviously is gonna affect mainly women. Mm-hmm. Um, and it affects the two small organs that store the eggs that we need to make our babies. Um, so anyone with ovaries obviously can get ovarian cancer, but it's more prevalent in women that are over 50. But it still doesn't mean that women younger than that should not be aware of their body and any kind of symptoms. Um, it's also something that kind of runs in families. So if there's a history, I think there's more chance of people getting it similar, similar to breast cancer, if I'm mm-hmm. correct. Mm. Um, and unfortunately I would say ovarian cancer is one of the ones that's always diagnosed quite late Mm. Um, and I think it's just because the symptoms which I'm sure Chris will go into are ones that can easily be ignored and ones that you can pass by as your period or PMS and things like that so it's not something you pay attention to as much Fair, I have a question is it like I know you said it affects more so people who have ovaries over the age of 50, but is it s- somewhat similar to like cervical cancer and HPV? In, similar in what way? What do you mean? I, well, one is pretty much, they're all in the same, rough, roughly same area, but um, I'm guessing it's not like, oh, if you've got one, you're going to get the other. No, 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 no. Yeah. They're, they're, they're their own separate identity. Okay, cool. Sorry, go ahead, Diane. Yeah, so basically, without rumbling, it's, like I said, it's a cancer that, I think they said roughly 295,000 women around the world are diagnosed with. Mm. Um, and only half survive beyond five years, which is actually quite scary. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that, from, is that from when they've been diagnosed? Yeah, but only then half survive. If- but if you're saying that like diagnosis is late, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Which is which is still sad and upsetting, but I guess that kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, I guess it, it kind of makes sense and explains explains why. Yeah. Um, so obviously we're talking about that today because this is a very cancer awareness month. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we're here to raise awareness and kind of discuss it because I personally know it's not something that I know a lot about. Yeah. Um, I don't know anyone personally who's been affected by it either. Um, but I do know that it's one of those cancers that, again, is very women-based and is something that definitely needs to be spoken about just so people are more aware of the kind of symptoms to look out for and um, what to do if you do think you could be suffering from it or not yeah all right so 
I'm going to talk about the symptoms of ovarian cancer. Um, so as Diane said, this is a cancer that unfortunately the symptoms can be bypassed. They can be put down superior pains. All right. So I'm going to start with the symptoms of ovarian cancer. So as Dan was saying, unfortunately, the symptoms are quite commonly bypassed and they're probably put down to other reasons such as um, period pain. Um, Dan, was also, Dan also mentioned um so what else did you mention, Dan? Sorry, you said it was period pain that can be bypassed for. Also, also bloating. Yeah, bloating. Um, also, the symptoms of IBS are very similar. So a lot of people actually put it down to IBS too. So what are the symptoms? So you might get abnormal vaginal bleeding or discharge. Um, so this can mean two things. So the vaginal bleeding can be vaginal bleeding outside of your period cycle or just abnormal bleeding in between, or just abnormal, abnormal heavier periods and more painful periods. Um, you might get some pelvic pain or pressure, um, abdominal back pain as well, abdominal, sorry, abdominal or back pain, um, bloatedness. So bloatedness more than usual. Again, a lot of people may they put this down to PMS, period pains, or IBS, indigestion, and also changes to your bowel habits, your bathroom habits as well. So how often you pass, um, how often you open your bowels. Also, it can affect how you open, how you pass urine as well. Um, so it's important just to make sure you're in touch with your bathroom habits as well. So those are the main symptoms. Um, and when there's a nice picture that I'm actually looking at myself, if you literally type in ovarian cancer symptoms and go on Google images, it gives you a chart of symptoms of ovarian cancer compared to other cancers of the reproductive system. So it's quite good. It's quite interesting to look at. Um, in regards to ovarian cancer, so with cancer, it's not just one type of cancer. You can have ovarian cancers, but there, there are different types of ovarian cancers. But the main three are epithelial, epithelial ovarian cancers. This is when the um, lining and the surface of the ovary um, has cancer cells. Um, and this is this type of cancer actually covers nearly 70% of women with um, ovarian cancer. Um, and oh, wow. that this is a cancer, yeah. And this is a cancer that covers the outer surface of the ovary. And unfortunately, most women diagnosed with this cancer are is actually diagnosed in the advanced stages. So that's the epithelial ovarian cancer. I can't lie, and that's very mind-blowing. <laughs> right? And then you have germ cell tumours. So these make up less than 2% of all ovarian cancers. So this sounds a bit rare. Oh, this is interesting. They begin to re they begin in the reproductive cells that are the women's eggs. Wow! So they tackle the eggs. Ninety percent of patients with germ cell tumor survive five years after diagnosis. Okay. Oh, but listen to this, ladies. This is within our age group. Teenagers and women in their twenties are more likely to develop this cancer, this type of ovarian cancer. I wonder why though. Is it because like the eggs are still very 
fertile. Like, I I guess so. I guess because you've got more eggs as well. Yeah. So that That's makes more terrifying. sense. Right. And then the last most common one is stromal cell tumors. These represent about 1% of all ovarian cancers. They form in the tissues that support the ovaries. This type of cancer is often is often found in early stages. Thank goodness for that. And vaginal bleeding is one of the most common symptoms. But you know what's so mad? Because like, like I'm thinking about myself. If I was to have vaginal bleeding, I'd literally just put it down to my period and nothing else. And and this yeah. is the issue that um we have with this particular cancer. And if you look at the ovarian cancer like awareness websites, a lot of them say this is why we need so much awareness because many women don't know. Yeah, this is a sign of this. Because even the symptoms. Yeah, exactly. like the symptoms are literally PMS. When you're going through like your PMS stages, yeah, exactly. this is it. Oh wow, that is scary. And I was just just looking online as well, and I, I I know the news is full of you know a bit of scary stories. But for example, doctors in Britain and Australia dismissed a woman for years until her ovarian diagnosis. You know, I mean, but I think that's that a bit also scary. Coincide was like our last um when Diane t- told us about like her experience with having endometriosis like people just put women on like the back burner like oh it's just your periods or it's just this without truly investigating it and like it takes forever to get a diagnosis and it's such a shame that yeah. we have oh. to wait that long and, and guess what her symptom was frequent um UTIs <laughs> oh gosh something so frequent like yeah you can tell like Okay, for example, when you do like a urine test and you see leukocytes in your urine, or leukocytes and nitrites, then you're thinking, okay, UTI. But wouldn't you want to investigate more if this one if this woman keeps having frequent UTIs? You would think so. You would hope so. Oh boy, that's such a shame. Sorry, it really is. It's such a shame because. Um... Like, if she had found out earlier, maybe her outcome could have been different. Yeah. Obviously, we don't know what, I'm not sure if you said it, but we don't know what her outcome was or the result of it. But, like, it's just shocking. And I think it also just shows as well, the symptoms of ovarian cancer can literally just be put down to many conditions, IBS, UTIs, periods, you know, it's, I think a lot of people just bypass the thought cancer can happen. Yeah, because I think we also have that stigma that we kind of associate cancer with like the elderly, where it's, it's not the case. No, I I, pers- I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I don't really associate cancer with elderly people anymore. I think that's also because we're getting older and we're Fair more enough. aware. Yeah. Like like we just said, like you wouldn't ever think that any of these symptoms that you were having would be cancer. Like that's literally like my last, last, last. It's not even a resort. Like I wouldn't even, it wouldn't cross my mind. It's mad. And what else? Should we, um, should I touch on the treatments as well? Yeah, let me touch you on the treatments. Do. So just reading up, I'm just on the cancer research website as well. Um, 
And actually, let's go through the stages and grades. So I think that's quite interesting. So there's four stages to cancer. So you've got stage one ovarian cancer. This means the cancer is only in the ovaries. Surgery would be the main treatment. And some some women may need chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. I guess it also depends on what type of cancer it is as well, because different cancers require different treatment. Yeah. Then you've got stage two. Stage two means the cancer has grown outside of the ovaries and is growing within the pelvis. Treatment is surgery and chemotherapy. I guess that makes sense. You know, the first cancer that I was just discussing about the epithelial one, mm-hmm. if it's growing already on the outside of the ovaries, then it's most likely to kind of grow everywhere else, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's a bit scary. So then you've got stage three, the cancer has spread outside of the pelvis into the abdominal cavity to the lymph nodes. Treatment is surgery and chemotherapy, sometimes uh, radiotherapy as well. And then stage four, which means it's spread to other organs away from the ovaries, such as the liver, lungs, or even brain. Sometimes these, um, when the cancer does spread to different organs, they're called um, carcinoma um, metasis, I think. We just call them liver. We just call them cancer mets um, for short. But yeah, those are the stages of cancer, stage one to four. I can't lie, this is scary. Like It, it just seems like it's getting really real. Because the, <laughs> like I think I'm just still thinking about symptoms. The symptoms are all everyday normal symptoms. Yeah, yeah, this is it. And I think this heightens the need to be very self-aware of your own body and yeah. recognizing what is your norm and what isn't your norm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess having the confidence to challenge doctors or nurses and not challenge them to be in a intimidating, forceful way, but making your voice heard that. You know, I don't feel within right within myself. I think something is wrong. Can you please check yeah. me and refer me? Yeah. Push for more investigations. I think sometimes there's a hierarchy of well, they're the doctor, they're the nurse, they know more, they know more than me. But you are the yeah. expert of your own body. So you know if something is not correct. So don't feel afraid to push because with this particular cancer, we know throughout the reason why namely women obviously are dying quickly from it is because of late onset management because it's yeah. missed or even if they've gone to see someone they're being told well it's your period well it's this it's that and they're being shoved to the side essentially until it's too late you know boy I like I'm I don't even know what to say I'm actually gobsmacked I think another thing as well you know when you as a healthcare professional <laughs> How do I explain it? But if someone wants us to guarantee that they're okay, I think we suddenly then think, wait, hold on. I can't actually guarantee that they're okay. So it is important to challenge your GP and be like, I think the question would be like, can you actually guarantee that I'll be okay? Can you give me 100%? There's no 100% in science. And I'm sorry, but if a GP or if a healthcare professional says you're 100% fine, I think I think that's BS because you can't guarantee someone's a hundred percent. Never, but then you know you don't say things like this to give people hope when you actually don't know what the outcome is going to be because when it doesn't go their way, they are coming for you. This is it. So if you're going to challenge your GP, um, boy, I would actually just ask them, boy, can you give me a hundred percent guarantee? And if you can't, I beg you, refer me. You know because. 
if you can't give me that 100%, then don't say I'm good. Yeah, don't get me wrong. There's probably, like, criterias to the referrals. But, like, if you have pushed and pushed and pushed and you see, like, you're not being heard, this is where, like, advocating for yourself. For example, like, we would advocate for our patients, clients, service users. We also need to do it for ourselves. Yeah. If we see, like, you're having the symptoms or anything like that and you think something may be wrong, if you don't push, who else is going to push for you? No For real. I agree. But wow, like what you just shared has really rocked my boat because I'm literally sitting here thinking like, wow. I'm trying to see. Oh, oh, so I've got um the stages into diagnosing it. So the stages, so when should you go and see your GP? So see your GP when you have symptoms of ovarian cancer. So it does say to go and visit the GP, telephone appointment, book an appointment via GP practice website or find the NHS app. Also, mm-hmm. guys, I would like to add that GPs are very busy. Like some, Sometimes it can be two to three weeks. If you do have the symptoms, sometimes just going to a private GP and paying, I know it's a bit expensive, but if you do have that £75, pay that 75 pounds you get a 45 minute appointment and they can make referrals for you as well can they make referrals back to the nhs or are you going yeah. down the whole private routes yeah Fair. so you, you can go to a private gp you can literally basically get them to write a referral you bring this referral to the gp and then it's basically giving the gp an a-okay to do the referral themselves it kind of yeah. speeds up the process yeah because this is wild yeah so if you do have that privilege of being able to buy do that and pay for it then I'd I'd advise you to do it because the GP they're just chock a block now you know it's actually really bad literally we'll be queuing at (laughs) 8am I also think as well um you know many women have been a victim of COVID because of this because a lot of GP appointments have been difficult to get because of COVID. Yeah. They've made to focus on vaccinating people. And that meant that seeing clients for other issues has meant that diagnosis has been delayed, referrals have been delayed. There's all the, all the other factors that have contributed to, I guess, people having untreated symptoms or people not going to their GP thinking, you know, the fear of going to see the doctor and then having to wait you know, a referral that might have taken six months now could take a year, year and a half. And yeah. we've, heard, we've heard in the news how long waiting lists are for procedures, for example. Mm. So, yeah. And then... This might what? be another another question, another thing. But, you know, again, for cer- I know I keep bringing this up, but for cervical cancer, like, you can be tested for HPV and stuff. Is yeah. there a test or something we can check for ovarian cancer or you just have to literally sit and wait? And then- so, this is... This is literally what I was looking at now. Hold on, let me just, ref- let me, ju- my screen has frozen. Let me just go there. So there isn't an actual screen for ovarian cancer, but what they actually do is um, they will do a blood test called CA125. Um, and it's basically, this blood test is actually used in general for cancer, um, some cancers, and it's, and it's known as a tumor marker. Um, and it basically, it's a chemical that's given off by the cells, the cancer cells, and it circulates in the bloodstream. 
And it says here, women with ovarian cancer tend to have tend to have higher levels of the of the CA125 in the bloodstream. Um, so that is one blood test that they do, and then they do a transvaginal ultrasound. So for those who aren't aware, a transvaginal ultrasound is, is an ultrasound that just goes in the vagina, and it's just a long plastic probe. It's not painful. I would actually say it's probably a bit more comfortable than a speculum examination. Um, it's just a, yeah, it's just a plastic probe that just goes in the vagina um, and it just gives a better picture of the ovaries um, and just uh, like the tummy and the pelvic area. Um, and then sometimes they may need to take a biopsy as well. Wow. So that is literally the only way we would be able to know if you definitely have ovarian cancer there's no actual screening for it it's mad because I can really see how it really is missed because even the symptoms I know I've said this before but even the symptoms they don't appear anything different Mm. for example like you know like you see like these signs and stuff up in the GP like if you've had a cough for three weeks contact your GP but it's like okay cool I've had a cough for three weeks but if I've had it been having irregular bleeding I think it's just my period for a long period of time that's so scary right and what else does it say oh it says you may have ultrasounds on the abdomen as well an external ultrasound it just looks at a different view of the ovaries as well I'm guessing Um, that's just to make sure it hasn't spread yeah and also MRI you will end up getting a CT scan or MRI as well boy wow i'm actually blown away it's a lot it's It's... a lot when you think about it and i guess if you don't have the information you don't know where to start but then days like having you know ovarian cancer awareness month this is you know why we have this stuff to make people aware educate people so people now don't fear it but at least can confront it if faced with it they know kind of what to look out for and who they can go to essentially yeah no I definitely agree I think I think this is something I mean maybe it might be inappropriate I don't know you guys let me know what you think but why do I just wish they spoke about this maybe from year 10 and 11 upwards like even for males testicular cancer you know what I mean like they should really just make us aware of the norm and not normal and things to look out for because it can happen at any time Mm -hmm. I agree with you but I I think there's a lot of things that should be added to the school curriculum like financial literacy but yeah um obviously that's not that's not the topics that we're on but you're right we get taught sex education and stuff like that we should also be taught reproductive things but I'm guessing also do parents want their children to know about this stuff so early like it just seems like a bit sordid doesn't it because it does. Well, There's I don't that think... stigma with cancer that it's going to bring death. And that's not necessarily saying that's the case, but mm. I guess I it, it, I guess you're right. Like I, I do in regards, I'm, I'm only relating it to sexual health, but a lot of parents, they don't like sexual health being brought up in schools because they think it's enabling that as sexual behavior. But yeah, you know, like you said, parents probably wouldn't want that topic as it's quite morbid. Well, it's like but I agree with you it's definitely something that should be involved because look at all the things that we're learning now as adults that 
and not just and I'm not just talking about this subject just in general there was so much that we probably should have been taught like in our late teens or early teens that would definitely have changed the way we all live our lives but yeah I think when it comes to the health stuff there was just so much that we were left out from yeah so much so much even like down to smear tests and things like that like mm. there's so much about getting a smear test and it scares people because people don't really know what it is or what they're looking for or mm. the process and it's like if we were if this stuff was taught in schools it would calm a lot more people down and a lot more people wouldn't be yeah. afraid to get it done yeah yeah I mean I still haven't had the test done girl I need <laughs> But I, I, do you get where I'm coming from? Like, if we were taught this stuff from early, it wouldn't seem so daunting. Yeah. And I think it's also being able to go to the doctor, even when nothing is, let's say, wrong, but to just be checked, to know that you are well. So like a smear test, not necessarily something's wrong with you, but it's a routine check to make sure that you're, you're okay mm-hmm. and well. Um, but yeah. Yeah. But uh, this is a very interesting topic. But we could definitely talk about this all day long. But I want to quickly move on so it doesn't get any, it doesn't get any more sad and shocking (laughs) in a nice way. (laughs) Um, Tomorrow is also into, well, by the time you guys hear this episode, it would have been two days ago, but we're recording on a Monday and tomorrow is International Women's Day. How quickly it comes. Yay to us. I know, right? Like, we all do amazing things. Even, even like, in the last year alone, look at all the things that women had seen. Like, we're literally bosses. We are. I mean, the world wouldn't exist without women. Um, exactly. At all. The world, the world, don't even get me started. The world <laughs> will not function. Like, they, boy, yeah, the world wouldn't be here right now. Mm. yeah so um the 2022 theme for this year is break the bias yeah which um, to be honest that I is feel like we're all doing this in our different shapes uh, and forms of life yeah because it, like for example look at how many women in the last year have started up new ventures yeah um, that are thriving and, and succeeding whereas yeah. usually it's a guy's it's a guy's world it's a man's world and you know stuff like that like we're rich we're literally getting out there and doing more for us which is a great thing that should be celebrated even so within like work a lot more women are now going up the rankings usually it's like white middle-class men that would be at all the tops of things but no women are pushing through and going for the top jobs which is great to see 100 percent. amen so watch out for our international women's day post and there's a particular how can i say it's not like a symbol, but there's something that everyone's doing. It's like, I mean, the girls can see me because we're on camera, but they're doing something like this, like with their arms, like that. If you, if you, yeah, but both arms. Yes. So that's like the symbol for break the bias. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing on social media tomorrow. That reminds um, me a as, bit of like the X Factor. Yeah. We're going to like karate chop the bias, guys, you know? Sweet, yeah, but it is like we are breaking the bias and we're doing a bloody well good job at it. 100%. Mm-hmm. But 
but yeah, enjoy the day, women, us women, you know. Because we're amazing. <laughs> and you know what? It's so funny. Like, in Uganda, it's actually a bank holiday. They don't work on this women's day. It's a day off. As in, with only women or for everyone? No, I think for everybody. But it's like a recognised holiday. where they don't work. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I was really, really surprised when I heard about it. I was thinking, it's like another day to us. It's not. Yeah, like it doesn't even get the true magnitude it deserves here. No, it doesn't. At and all. when I think about it, think of how many female leaders we have in power across the world. When you think of the fact that that the people's population exists because of us women. Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't have children if we didn't birth them and things like that. So it does make you feel like it should be a, made a bigger deal. Out, a bigger deal should be made out of it than it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to make a big deal out of it. Tomorrow. Because it's a great thing. Yeah. Wow. Yes, well, two days ago. But yes, guys, so you heard it here. We have discussed ovarian cancer and also the amazing International Women's Day. So we hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode. Share, like, subscribe, share it with everyone. Doesn't have to be a healthcare professional, can be anyone. And as always, you can hit us up at the Nursing Handover on podcasts on Instagram on our email address at the nursing handover at gmail.com and our Twitter, which is at the underscore handover. And also before, actually, before I go, I'm not sure how many of you caught it. Last week I did a live with Ask Nurse Yvette. If you want to feel free, go back and have a listen and you can see my beautiful face. Feel free. <laughs> it was Check a out. very good live. It was very insightful. I'm so glad to hear. I've never done a live in my life. So it was definitely interesting. And now that I've done it, I'm more happy to do it. No, trust me. Once you start them, you realise it's actually not that bad. Yeah. And, yeah. and we we are kind of experts in the things that we do. That's why we're hired, because we're good at our job. Exactly. Yeah. When you think, and when you start to talk about it more, you realise the passion you have for it and the joy you get from it, and boom, you're done. This is very true. So you can, go, you can find that on... Yvette's page which is Ask Nurse and as always guys you know we'd love to send lots of love and light and greatness going your way and have a lovely week and take care all right bye guys bye, bye.